Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Welcome in to the BSN Broncos Draft Podcast. We're going to talk about everything from, uh, you know, athletic builds to ball skills. And, and on we go, and down the line from there, right? Fill in all the blanks in between, yes. Jeffrey Simmons, a guy that I really like. But he's just a marvelous interior penetrator. Special, special, special kid. What an abundance of choice you have with these interior defensive linemen in this class. Kyler Murray, as long as he gets to draft day healthy, he will make more money. He's been asked the question. He's had multiple opportunities to say, I signed with the A's. I'm going to honor my commitment there. This isn't even a conversation. He hasn't done it. That's all he has to say. And maybe after the Bama game, it's like, geez, he's not just a first rounder. He's a top 10 pick. Frankly, I would take him ahead of Herbert right now. And I think it'd be a toss-up with Pascal, 100%. And now, here's your hosts, Andre Simone and AJ Hayfoley. Welcome to the BSN Broncos Draft Podcast, presented by Elixinol. If Jake Plummer has endorsed Elixinol's hemp balm and provides him and his family with the endless benefits of CBD, then you should too. This is a non-THD product, and 5% of your purchase goes to a non-profit of your choice. Visit Elixinol.com to get yours. Today, I am your host, AJ Hayfley, alongside Andre Simone. Today, we are here fighting off the, what are they calling this? The bomb cyclone? The, the bomb cyclone, yep. That's exactly yeah. right. Not fighting a bad off name. the bomb cyclone today uh, as we uh, fend off the blizzard and watch as people post crazy stuff on Twitter all day. Yeah. Pretty much, which has kind of been the week, too. Only the crazy stuff they were posting was breaking news on NFL free agency. So it's just a different kind of crazy, but crazy all the same. Yeah. And um, kind of a a blah free agency, to be honest. I really haven't haven't had much fun with this one. Uh, The trades have been more fun than the actual free agency part. I would say, which is not football style normally. So I've no. been, that part's been cool. Yeah. Cause normally, normally trades in the NFL is just like, bleh. right. Right. But no, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. So we're recording a couple of days early. Any <clears throat> questions you've left behind this week that we didn't get to, we'll get to next week. And we have a couple questions like that from last week. So all is good, and uh, yeah, I think now that you know free agency's kind of played out a little bit, we can start talking a little more draft theory. You've said for a while, buddy, that uh, talking mock drafts before free agency is is silly. Now, you know, the only the first shoe has dropped on free agency thus far, but as we as we kind of wait for the the slightly lesser signings to to come through. 
I think we've got a better idea of what the teams in the top 10 are looking for and what the Broncos might be looking for. And yeah, so why don't we get into it? I'm excited to talk some draft with you. Yeah, it's um, now we can, I feel like we can really begin now, you know, all of our pre-draft stuff, uh, you know, combine, all that stuff, uh, the senior bowl, everything. It always comes with that gigantic caveat of what are they going to do after free agency? Because free agency will really show not just Denver's hand, but I mean, the league gets reshaped. Yeah, big time. You know, I mean, look at the Cleveland Browns all of a sudden. You know, as of last night, Cleveland Browns had the most money put on them in Vegas for winning the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> so, that's and I don't, I don't, I, that's probably <clears throat> never happened before. Uh, not, I, I would guess not in our lifetimes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, you know, the free agency could really change a few things. Yeah, no kidding. So it's, uh, it's definitely had an enormous impact uh, as, you know, the Jets paid $85 million for a two-down linebacker. But, wow, wow. Uh, you know, just kind of kind of goes to show. <laughs> it's, uh, it really gets into it. So nice. Okay. Let's uh, let's let's get into our mock here because you know we do want to kind of see what's changed. You mm-hmm. know, over the course of the the free agency period and everything going on, what what has really changed in terms of the top ten and specifically at ten where Denver is still picking and their approach. So let's dive right into this. I think you and I have the same top two um, without any real like major points of discussion. So we'll run through them really quick. Uh, We've got Kyler Murray going to Arizona first overall and uh, the lesser Bosa to San Francisco. Yeah, though the lesser Bosa after that D Ford trade and the fact that they play, you know, essentially they're in a spot now where they have this guy they just paid premium money to and traded a 2020 second rounder uh details still emerging but that's what it sounds like and two guys that they spent premium picks at defensive end in solomon thomas and eric armstead who haven't exactly worked out so you've got three guys in that rotation that in one way or another you've already paid premium assets for do you go do you quadruple down and pay yet another, maybe the most premium asset of all, the second overall pick to go and get Nick Bosa and say, look, we're good? Or do you take, say, Quinn and Williams there and have him play inside next to the Forrest Buckner and just, you know, take up a lot of space, uh, terrorize centers, and open up room for those other guys outside. I think the the Bosa, Quinn, and Williams debate will be interesting at two. And obviously, whenever there's a debate like that, you'd also say, well, uh, trade down would also be a possibility. Uh, so San Francisco is kind of interesting here. So you're leaning Bosa. I guess yeah. that's still where I'm leaning. Um, I talk about this, how you know mock drafters will cheat. If we wanted to cheat, we could easily say, oh, no, Quinn and Williams is the pick here. So then the pick at three for the Jets becomes a lot easier because the Jets tried to sign Anthony Barr as an edge rusher. He had a change of heart, went back to the Minnesota Vikings. You know, Kyler won, Quinn in two, 
Nick three makes a whole lot of sense, but we're not about taking the easy route. We've never been. Uh, so we're going to take the hard route, say Nick at three, at two. Who do we have at three then? I still think it's Quinnen. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, and this is, again, we could take the easy route and we could put Josh Allen here. That mm-hmm. way Quinnen Williams can drop to five. Yep. You know, that's the way we could manipulate it so that this all fits into a very nice and easy and neat little box for us. Right. But I think I still think Quinnen at uh, Quinnen Williams at at three for the Jets. If the Jets stay there now, the the Jets I think are the most intriguing trade down oh, yeah. option because anybody looking for a quarterback strongly needs to consider moving ahead of the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've got a quarterback going to the to the Raiders, so. Yeah, no, um, I agree. This is the premium trade down spot. If you have guys like Quinnen, Rashawn Gary, Josh Allen, you know, so many top talents on the defensive line still remaining, the the Jets are poised perfectly here to trade down a few spots and still take a guy that's, you know, 90, 90 to 95% as good as who they would have taken at three and they're able to yeah. get back some of that draft capital they lost in that Sam Darnold trade up from a year ago. Uh, and how, I mean, how brilliant would that be for them? Oh, it'd be they amazing. Get their quarterback of the future and the cost they're able to negate by moving down the no. next year. Like, right. Ah, uh, that would be good stuff. Yeah. And I think I can, I can make fun of CJ Mosley's contract all I want. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's good and smart work if they were able to accomplish that. And I do think if you're thinking of, well, who would that trade partner be? The giants would be the first team you're looking at after that OBJ trade. They have an extra first rounder, an extra third rounder, Jabril peppers. Uh, you know, maybe they want to trade up from six to three. The jets get to, get to basically do the reverse of what they did a year ago. Um, (laughs) And everyone could be happy and they could take Haskins or Locke at three in front of the Raiders. Uh, So that would be that trade to put out there. Do you want to mock that trade or do you want to give them, do you want to give them Quinn and Williams? Let's not for right now. Let's just, let's lock Williams into it and then we'll deal with trades as we get closer to it. And we'll do, we'll do splits kind of like we did last year. We'll do a, if there are trades in the top 10, and then if there are not. Right, the alternate mock universe, the, the bizarro world mock draft. Uh, right. So then the at one, four... The one where teams don't do anything, they just sit still. Right, which <laughs> never they happens. They like the NHL draft, yeah. and they just pick their guy. Yeah, that never happens. Uh, so then <laughs> who's the quarterback you're going to give the Raiders at four? I'm interested. I've got them taking Locke. Locke. You're locking him in. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm so, I'm sorry. That's shout out to RK. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, shout out to RK, our resident, um, you know, dad joke, dad joke expert, pun master. Yeah, I do think it's quarterback. I think as much as there's hype about Locke, and look, uh, I think Gruden and Locke vibed really nicely at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Locke showed up at media day wearing a a Raiders T-shirt that clearly Gruden had given him as some sort of prize. That was kind of something the Raiders enjoyed doing the entire week. Um, and then he zipped it up before doing interviews and stuff. So that was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> in fact, Broncos fans would hate that if that photo surfaced and they took Locke at 10. Um, I I guess for the sake of argument, I'd say it's Haskins. I know that we're, we're in this new era where like Gruden's media friends are like, oh yeah, he likes mobile quarterbacks now. And, um, 
blah, blah, blah. To me, he's like a typical West Coast guy who loves himself, an accurate quarterback who can operate his offense in a timely manner, and that's Haskins to a T. But I'm totally fine with Locke. Like, you know, if if you believe the buzz, which I warn against at this time of year, every year, uh, it does sound like maybe they're leaning more Locke than they are Haskins if uh, Kyler Murray doesn't drop to them. So I'm okay with that. Uh, so to recap, we have Kyler Murray 1, Nick Bosa 2, Quinnen Williams 3, and Drew Locke 4. That's by far the biggest reach so far. Um, the top three was three of my top five um, guys all going in the top three. Locke is a bit more of a reach. He is 21st in my latest big board, uh, which should be published soon. Just waiting for the dust to settle on the free agency. So there's a little update on that. Okay. Is Tampa Bay going to break our hearts at five then? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think it makes, I think it makes the most sense. I think it's the thing that we should probably plan for. Um, But also I'm, you know, I like to protect against a broken heart and not like letting my hopes get up. So is uh, this Dion Buchanan signing with them change your opinion at all? Or you think, I mean, on it, I think it, wouldn't it could change give my... them pause. Right. It, it's kind of like us like, signing Flacco. Like you at least aren't pigeonholed into going just one direction. You have a few more options. Right. Right. I think, I think adding Buchanan, maybe they can say, well, we'll, kick the can down to the road down to the second round maybe uh-huh. if that's what they if that's what they want to do where it's like hey you know we want to capitalize on this insane class of edge rushers let's do that cuz it's not like i mean it's not like they've had any kind of real edge rushing talent there for a long time oh 100% i mean Carl Nassib and Jason JPP are their guys like yeah i'd want an upgrade and i think Josh Allen the th- the fact that Josh Allen could even play in a 4-3 as a strong side linebacker, um, I think gives them a lot more options because Levante David, great will linebacker. Dion Buchanan could kind of replace Quan Alexander as that middle linebacker. You might want to upgrade from Kendall Beckwith as your start, strong side or have Beckwith compete in the middle with Buchanan. And, you know, so it's really... Fit will come into this as well of who would you rather... What do you want to do with this rotation at linebacker? Who do you want to move to the strong side? Who do you see? Be- do you feel like there's more of a need at middle or strong? And that could really swing this pick either way. But the noise on Devin White is a little higher. And since we've said all along we're not going to go with the easy route, I'm all for Devin White unless you uh, you want me to pump the brakes and go with Josh Allen. No, I think I think Devin White makes the most. He's the highest impact guy. Yeah. Um, and you're not gonna as much as free agency can alter your view of things, mm-hmm. you're not gonna pass up on a on a plug and play Pro Bowl linebacker because you signed Dayon Buchanan. Yeah. Yeah, if you're a smart organization at least. And I think in a tie situation right. we can go off my big board, Devin White, my third ranked prospect, Josh Allen, my tenth ranked, which I know is lower than most, but hey, deal with it. Um Okay, <laughs> six probably the easiest pick of all, right? Haskins to the yeah, Giants. Haskins. Perfect. Yeah. Move on. Uh, so all the top quarterbacks are gone. That's uh, that's noteworthy for for Broncos fans at this point. Seven. The Jaguars are interesting. Um, I feel like it's 
O-line or D-line or, you know, like a surprise tight end maybe. But I really think, you know, like you just lost Malik Jackson. You kind of have Rashawn Gary staring you in the face. Thoughts? Um, I would say, yeah, makes a lot of sense. You're cool with going Gary ahead of Ed Oliver? Uh, I, well, I would have said Jonah Williams, honestly. Oh, interesting. Interesting. That's not yeah, a bad thing I think, either. I think, I think the versatility that he would provide where he could go in and he could, he could slot in on either tackle position or, uh, play guard mm-hmm. would, would make him a really valuable piece for Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, and especially because they just invested an outrageous amount of money on Nick Foles, keeping him upright would be a good thing. Yeah. And they also still have Leonard Fournette there where they want to, you know, I would imagine they want to still uh, ground and pound a little 100%. bit. So, um, you know, fortifying the, the group in front of both Foles and Fournette seems like it would make a lot of sense right. to me. Um, and I understand they've had some, you know, having to cut uh, Malik Jackson and, you want to you want to fortify the defense a little bit. I totally get that, but it just seems like, um, for me, it, 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 either Gary or Williams makes the most sense at, at for for Jackson. Well, what's interesting is not only is this a strong uh, defensive draft, all the splash signings in free agency have been made on the defensive side. So most of these teams have strengthened themselves on the defense, but are looking for more of an influx of talent on offense. So I could definitely see offensive players getting pushed up the board just because it's like, look, we're, we're already loaded at defense. We've already added talent. We need more talent on the other side of the ball. Jonah being matched up with Cam Robinson would be a fun, like reunion of those former Alabama bookends. You've kind of talked me into Jonah. If you're okay, I'm ready to lock in Jonah. Uh, I'm down. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. So jo- didn't I didn't know I was going to talk you into it, but sweet, that doesn't happen very often. Hey, I you know, we want to have fun mixing it up. And now Detroit, who spent a lot of money on Trey Flowers as their edge rusher, trying to reproduce that that New England defense by doing completely mm-hmm. non-New Englandy type things. Ziggy Ansa might be let go. Um he's kind of feeling out the market. And on offense, you know, they've, they've got several holes, whether it be O-line or adding a little more talent on wide receiver after Golden Tate left or plugging, you know, I guess Carrion Johnson was pretty good. And there's also a need for a tight end. And I know you'll be against that, but it mm-hmm. does feel like uh, TJ Hawkinson kind of low-hanging fruit, though we still have guys like... Josh Allen available, Rashawn Gary, Cleveland Farrell, um, that kind of stuff. Uh, it, I, I, if I'm Detroit, I would take Josh Allen. Let's do it. I'm all for it. Um, I think that actually he's he'd be a nice. I just think he's the best player available. Mm-hmm. Um, you just get out of your own way on that one. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I'm with you. And I think, you know, Flowers, more of a, you know, hand in the dirt kind of guy. Allen, a guy you can move around. Matt Patricia comes from that New England school. They like to move guys around, their linebackers around, kind of get creative. Josh Allen would be a nice chess piece there. Uh, So I'm all for it. Uh, Josh Allen at eight. Buffalo. 
They've added Cole Beasley. They've added, um, you know, that deep threat in John Brown from the Ravens, who we thought maybe mm-hmm. would be a Broncos target. Do they still go wide receiver since they have Zay Jones as well in that receiving core and go DK Metcalf as most people think? Or do they go offensive line with, say, Juwan Taylor or Andre Dillard? Uh, I just don't know. I, you know, Buffalo is the, the one, one of those teams in the first, I just don't have a read on. I don't feel comfortable doing anything for them. Uh, they, they do something every year that I'm just like, okay. Right. And I mean, there's still like, like as, as much as I liked their Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds first round last mm-hmm. year, they stocked up a lot of picks and then burned through quite a few of them to make those two guys happen. Yeah, totally. And um, I mean, I really think offensive tackle could use an upgrade and edge rusher could use an upgrade. The, and Rashawn Gary would kind of fit their scheme. You know, Sean McDermott comes from that Carolina Panthers uh, defense where they like their edge rushers to be a bit bigger. Uh, Rashawn Gary would fit to a T. I think that's kind of an out the box type of pick uh so yeah i guess i'd be leaning more gary or dillard right now uh, with a high upside kind of gamble for uh, the bills rather than say dk metcalf Uh, so who i'll I'll let you have the final word here who do we give them uh i think it's metcalf okay Okay, well, that leaves a lot of talent available for the Broncos still. Uh, Quinn and Williams did not drop, as some people might be starting to say that could be a possibility. Devin White did go to five. Oh, my gosh, that would be something. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and, you know, none of the quarterbacks dropped. So the Broncos are left with some pretty good edge rushers still on the board. A decent amount of talent at offensive tackle. I think we can take cornerback out the mix after the Kareem Jackson signing, though they still need a third cornerback. I just think 10 might be a little too rich. Uh, Someone like a tight end as well, or the other Devin at linebacker. Lots and lots of options. Kind of a wide open field right now. I guess Ed Oliver and Rashawn Gary would be the best value, though. What, What are you leaning with things falling this way, I'd be leaning Gary. I guess I'd rank them like this. Uh, my big board for the Broncos would be Gary, Devin Bush, Andre Dillard. One, two, three. Still Dillard, huh? Uh, yeah. They they just spent a jajillion dollars on a right tackle, and they have a left tackle that sucks. Uh, right. So I guess that makes sense. Right. And, you know, Juwan James is versatile. It could be one of those where you develop Dillard. And look, as far as offensive tackle goes, I think this puts guys like Juwan Taylor or Cody Ford, who you feel good about their versatility and ability to move inside, but also play outside. um, Mm -hmm. it, It increases their value as well, because, you know, between them and, uh, James, you have some some versatile pieces. The thing is, you're gambling a lot by making that pick that Garrett Bowles will develop this year. Because if Garrett Bowles doesn't develop, then you're stuck with a pair of right tackles slash guards and you don't have a left tackle. 
Uh, so that's why I think Dillard still has some value for Denver. But again, to me, the top guys would be Gary or Devin Bush. I dig it all over. Mm, but interesting. Of course. Yeah, I no, I mean, sure. I, I just think Gary, boy, you add him to the mix. Oof. Well, and what what was it that we that we talked about last week? That I think Gary's going to be a lot better pro than college mm-hmm. player because he's going to get he's going to get the right amount of coaching, uh, and especially the guy that they have in Denver that would be coaching him up. That's a guy you have a lot of faith in uh, to get the best out of a an, an insane athlete. Yeah. So I mean, it's not. I, I would have no issues mm-hmm. with Gary. It just feels like. I, I would say taking either Gary or Oliver would kind of make me roll my eyes. Like, here we go again. Right. right. Like, we you know, only with... draft front seven players early. <laughs> right. I mean, it's true. Uh, especially with right. premium picks. I mean, and here's the other argument. Here's the argument for Devin Bush or a linebacker at this spot. Is that I feel like the value and the early second is going to be terrific for interior D-line or offensive line. I think one way or another, one of these top guys will drop to you, whether it's a Jerry Tillery or a Cody Ford or a Yadni Kajust, a Draymond Jones, a Christian Wilkins, a Dalton Risner. One of those guys will be available. So why not take the other consensus top linebacker here, who fits perfectly for Vic Fangio's defense. He's actually a safer pick. Then Devin White, though he doesn't have that upside, or maybe the the like elite flashes that White has sometimes, but still, uh, a guy who you you put mm-hmm. him in Fanjo's hands, the sky's the limit. And actually, the nice thing about this is we're contemplating a linebacker, an interior D lineman, or an offensive lineman. The nice thing about that is that's where the Broncos' coaching staff is best. So they're kind of safe picks I... because. Collar or Kolar or Munchak or Fanjo, you kind of feel good about their ability to develop one of these guys. I'm not feeling at 10. I don't really think they should take an offensive lineman at this point. They've invested so heavily um, on those tackles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I see. It. And at 10, like, I mean, do we have to revisit you melting down about the idea of Quentin Nelson last <laughs> year in the top 10 of taking a guard? Because that's uh, essentially that's what you'd be you'd be doing with the tenth pick this year. Like you take a tackle, but you're doing it to get a guard. You're not doing it to take a tackle because you already have yeah. two tackles. Yeah, good point. So you'd be taking you'd be taking essentially you'd be uh, you'd be doing it to add a guard. Right. Here's how I see it. I think um, if it's us picking, we'd go Gary or Oliver. If it's the Broncos picking with this scenario, I think they'd lean Bush. Um, since it's, and I'd have no problems with that. Like at the end of the day, I mean, you and I were texting a couple, couple days ago, just take one of the Devons and don't get cute. So shall we do that? Devin Bush, lock him in. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Let's take, let's take Bush. Sounds good. Don't mind that mock at all. It's a little, it's a little rich for my blood, but like, you're not going to, you're not going to trade down to 15. Uh, we're not talking about that. Like if, if that's on the board, and they could trade down to like 15, 16, 14, somewhere in that right. range and still get him. That would be ideal. Totally, because I feel like more or less the range of options we just discussed would still be available at that point. 
And I think that would be, I think there'd be real interest in that just given, given the guys that are sitting there on the board. Somebody's got to love Rashawn Gary. Somebody's got to love that. Yeah, I mean, Rashawn Gary could go as high as like pick number four, I think. Um, so that's, you know, his value is all over the place. So just to recap, we have Kyler Murray at one to the Arizona Cardinals, Nick Bosa at two to the San Francisco 49ers. At three, the New York Jets take Quinn and Williams. At four, the Oakland Raiders take Drew Locke. At five, the Tampa Bay Bucks break our hearts and take Devin White. At six, the Giants take Dwayne Haskins. At seven, the Jacksonville Jaguars took Jonah Williams. At eight, the Detroit Lions went with Josh Allen. At nine, the Buffalo Bills went with DK Metcalf. And at 10, your Denver Broncos went with Devin Bush. That's our top 10 mock. We'll, uh, that was fun. We'll be doing more of that, I'm sure, uh, here soon. So enjoy that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we have, uh, I believe, five weeks left until draft week. Oh, boy. Feels too soon and yet too far. I, I'll say five shows left until draft week. Yeah. After this week's. So we've got five shows. We'll definitely be doing another mock in that time. Um, per usual, we'll do one the week of, I think. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Okay, brother. All right. Let's take our first break. It's been a really long segment. We uh, we got going there with the uh, with the mock draft. I, what a surprise. I think it's an interesting... It's an interesting top 10, and I think it really, uh, the guys that weren't taken really underscore the kind of talent mm-hmm. that is available at the edge, ed, especially uh, in the front seven this year. It's it's just crazy, right. man. And that's, and I think our top 10 was probably even a little conservative. Like, we've got DK Metcalf in there as our one, and Devin Bush in there as our, as our guys that are like, whoa, and we took them at 9 and 10. Right, right. And every year, there's always at least one guy that jumps up in there where we're like, okay. So, all right, we'll take our first break. Uh, When we come back on the other side, what are we getting into? Uh, We're going to talk more about that 10th pick, their general strategy. um, Not just the 10th pick, but also picks that they will have in rounds two, three, and four as well, and kind of how free agency uh, has shaped what they will be looking to do. And um, we'll talk a little bit about what we talked about this segment in terms of uh, offensive tackles that could move inside and why they might be in play at 10. So uh, don't go anywhere. We have all that to get into, plus a bevy of questions coming up in segment number three. So... Per usual, lots to get to. It's the BSN Broncos Draft Podcast presented by Elixinol. We'll be right back. Hyperelectric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers 
people ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have referred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. We'll go back in second segment here, the... BSN Broncos Draft Podcast. Nice. I'm AJ. He's Andre. We are us. I saw. I really didn't know which one we were on this time. I, I, know, was, I, I mean, was just pausing for dramatic effect. Oh, okay, good. It seemed like you were tripping up on the BSN part. They're they're all BSN podcasts that you're on, AJ. <laughs> That's what had me concerned. But okay, good. No, yeah. no, no, no. I was uh, I was just being dramatic. Okay, good. In case our listeners forgot. You know, I was, right, right. I was just uh, giving them some suspense. Nice. Good. Well done. You got me Speaking too. Speaking of suspense, yeah. the, uh, the free agency market has drastically altered the, the entire look of the NFL. Mm-hmm. And as such, we, have, we don't really know what's going to happen at 10 with Denver. So we got into it a little bit uh, last segment, but... We did decide, hey, we're going to take cornerback off the board. No Byron Murphy, no Greedy Williams. Bye-bye, let's, DeAndre uh, Baker. Let's just, right, no DeAndre Baker. Let's move on because they had uh, they brought in Kareem Jackson. Mm-hmm. So you don't think that even, they, you don't think that there's a chance that they do what they did with Bradley Roby where they have two established guys they bring in, they, they draft, they use a first-round draft pick on a third guy and then hope to have him take over at some point? Not at 10. And, you know, that was a much different scheme we were working with there. There you needed man corners. That was an essential part of the scheme. And, uh, you know, so they they took a guy at a premium, though he he dropped. You know, Bradley Roby had dropped. I think you're better off waiting to see if one of those top three guys drops to 41 at this point. And same would go with safety. Like Deontay Thompson's stock has drop because he didn't play his best football later in the year that's fine but well this was like a dark horse guy we were talking about at 10 early you know like several months ago what if he was available at 41 well and given the way that the nfl just fell over itself to pay safeties all of the money yeah um right snagging a guy like that at the top of the second round who just happens to fall into your lap would be cheat coding it so Oh, 100%. I'd be all about that. I mean, even if it's not Deontay Thompson and it's one of these other safeties that we like in this class, I'd be I'd be okay with that too. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, outside of Deontay Thompson, <clears throat> you can start looking at guys even in the early third, like uh, Char- Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Could he drop to 71? Oh. Could Marvell Tell, who I really oh. like from USC, drop? Yeah, you like the sound of that, huh? Uh, I mean, I love Chauncey Gardner Johnson, so yes, I am. I am about that. Right, right. I mean, there's going to be options both at corner and safety. The depth of these classes aren't that bad, though. You know, you compare it to last year. Ah, they're not great. 
But all of a sudden, you look at it, uh, it's not too bad. You know, uh, even if the top three corners were gone, uh, Joe Juwan Williams from Vanderbilt, who I really like and helped himself by running a 4-5 at his pro day and improving on the 4-6 he'd run. Trayvon Mullen out of Clemson could be there. Lonnie Johnson Jr. of Kentucky. Jamel Dean, Justin Lane of uh, Michigan State, Rocky Sin, you know, all these guys uh, in day two would be great targets. So I think, yeah, no, don't force the pick at 10. Wait with, to see who falls out in day two. With Kareem Jackson, do you think they prioritize cornerback or safety? <clears throat> I mean, I feel like they, with that signing, and you can check out my film room on him on the site. Um, that is if you're a subscriber, if you're not, you might want to subscribe because I'm going to write a film room on every single new edition the Broncos make, whether it's play callers, you can find Vic Fangio or Rich Scangarello film rooms on there, or Joe Flacco, Kareem Jackson, and Juwan James by the time you listen to this. Um, sorry, your question was, I got, I got, uh. I got sidetracked. Uh, my question was with Kareem Jackson in the fold, you oh. know, and him being a guy that can play corner or safety, which one do you think they will prioritize in the draft? I think with him in the mix, they feel good about their base defense in the secondary. Um, I think that, you know, starting four of Harris, uh, Jackson with your safeties, Justin Simmons and Will Parks, you could do a lot worse than that. Uh, so I think they feel okay. Now it's time to add that nickel defender. And it could be a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. It could be a Nasir Adderley. Or it could be one of those corners we've talked about. I think you could go either way. Uh, You're just trying to add that fifth nickel defender to your mix. Um, Assuming, and look, things can still happen in free agency to where you could add that fifth piece in the next couple days. Uh, You could add a linebacker. You know, there's guys like KJ Wright still around. Um, And that would change the draft strategy here uh, significantly. But I think, so I guess I'm kind of evading your question. I think, I think Jackson's more of a corner. So there you go. But that versatility makes it so that you could go either way. I mean, it's, he's a really nice piece. He can cover the slot. He can cover out wide. He can play in the box. He can play deep. So really, with Jackson, you open up a lot of options. Harris, of course, is super versatile. Justin Simmons, of course, is super versatile. So you've got three pieces you can kind of move around to make that next piece of the puzzle fit a little more seamlessly. It just seems like um, one of those ones where you can absolutely totally let the draft come to you. Mm -hmm. And with versatile pieces like that, you just... Don't get cute, you know? Yeah. Because, and I I say that a lot about the draft because teams can do that. Oh, yeah. You can really overthink things and you can really tinker your way through stuff instead of just being like, okay, well, we've got our top safety on the board is still sitting here at 41. And, um, well, all right, let's just do that. Right. Yep. 100%. You know, even if, even if that's where Kareem Jackson finishes that contract, doesn't matter. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, you know, he's a short-term fix, so you're you're looking for corners or safeties. I think they they still have an equal amount of importance. And how much does Isaac Yadam play into this? You know, obviously a tough rookie year, but do you believe in him to the point where maybe you wait an extra round and you get the safety, 
or do you believe more in Will Parks? And so you're prioritizing the cornerback and pushing Yadam down the depth chart. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, I think between, you know, beyond Yadam, you, you, they probably feel good. They should feel good about a guy like Demonte Thomas, who um, I think has some promise. You know, Sue Cravens is still in the mix. You've got some options where you could play sub, you know, play in sub with three safeties and two corners rather than three corners and two safeties. Um, but, you know, it's really just open-ended. I think because of his age and the fact that they haven't signed a safety yet, they need to still believe in Will Parks. They're kind of forced into that. And when you look at Fanjo's defense at the Bears a year ago, is Will Parks that much worse than Eddie Jackson? No, not at all. Um, they're they're about both as proven NFL commodities. In fact, Parks at this point in his career probably more proven than Jackson was coming into the year last year. Thing is, though, Jackson was more rangy, and you felt more comfortable with him playing in, in a two-deep uh, type look, which Will Parks, I think, showed flashes of being able to do last year, but we're not 100% sure that he can fit there. We know he can be better closer to the box. That's the thing. So I think we are still looking for rangy safeties and we're looking for corners who can fit this system and contribute earlier rather than later. Uh, you know, Yadam played a little better towards the end of the year. He was dealing with some injuries and a zone scheme might help him, though. You know, when we came into the draft, we saw him as more of a press man guy. So that's another thing to consider. All right. Well, let's uh, let's touch on these tackles, huh? Yeah, definitely. Um, as I mentioned, we talked a little bit about them, right? Uh, Juwan Taylor, Cody Ford, Dalton Risner, mm-hmm. uh, guys that are all tackles that could be moved to guard. I would say, and we talked about this last segment at ten. I'm not down with that, right? But say they did move down, mm-hmm. and we do have a question uh, for next segment in which. The uh, the Broncos do move down and find themselves picking a couple times in the twenties. Mm-hmm. I would be all for that. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a nice value pick, though. I mean, might not be my first option, but that'd be certainly something to consider. And uh, and look, I mean, I think both O line and D line. If you wait at forty one, you're going to be pretty happy. And it's not just the tackles we've mentioned already, or the defensive tackles. I mentioned already guys on the interior who are straight up centers or guard. Now that we've lost Matt Paradis, Garrett Bradbury would be an absolute steal at 41 and just as perfect a zone blocking center as you could just about ever draft. Uh, the interior O-line has guys like Chris Lindstrom from Boston college. Who's no slouch either. Uh, Connor McGovern, a guy, you know, everyone loves the Broncos should double up on the Connor McGoverns. That's a joke you made first here, AJ, like in August. I, I just want the people to know. Um, we have that on record. Yeah. So anyone who wants yeah. to dispute that, I've, I've got the sound like for you. Um, so, you know, I think O-line at 41, that might be the exact sweet spot for them and interior D-line might be as well since, you know, they didn't add Malik Jackson. And I think guys who earlier in the process, I thought were surefire first rounders could drop like Draymond Jones or Jeffrey Simmons or Christian Wilkins or Zach Allen. 
And that's not even mentioning like Gerald Willis, who's kind of falling, flying under the radar. Or John Kaminsky, who'd be a great pick in round three. Or Isaiah Bugs, who's lost ground, but he's still got a lot of intriguing tools as an interior penetrator. So you'll have options in the trenches and in the secondary. And that's that's really maybe the areas I would address in uh, day two is like, let's just try to find the best value possible in those areas. And it's why linebacker kind of sets up perfectly at 10, because then we focus on the trenches, offensive and defensive day two or secondary and see if any of those guys drop to the early fourth round and snatch that guy up too. And then boom, you've addressed four needs like that. Where does this fit the developmental quarterback selection? Is it more day three, early day three? Like rounds <sighs> four and five, I think, is, is the priority because you push you push these off, right? Mm-hmm. You push you you okay, first round you draft the linebacker. Second round you've got say you take Bradbury, okay? Mm-hmm. Now you have not touched your defensive backfield at all with the draft pick. Right. Yeah, right. you're really feeling the pressure to do that, or are you feeling the pressure to maybe go out and get a, a speedy wide receiver at some point, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, from what we've talked about just now, the value is all is mostly on the defensive side, and that's not what the Broncos right. are looking for. They, they need a big, big influx of talent on offense, Um I would prioritize. That's another area where you could find great value in day two is that speedy wide receiver. And we've talked about that a bunch since after the, after the senior bowl, even before the combine. And then in the combine, it, a lot of guys uh, kind of raise their stock even more. Um, quarterback boy, you'd really, really have to love one of these guys to forego being able to get good value at corner or O-line or D-line and take, you know, a Jared Stidham or a Brett Rippon or a Ryan Finley. Um, a guy who's growing on me as far as the developmental quarterbacks go is Jordan Tamu out of Ole Miss. Uh, you know, watching a little more DK Metcalf tape just to figure out post-combine how much I really like him and trying to finalize some, some grades here. Uh, you know who he reminds me of is a little bit Jimmy G. That mobility, that accuracy, the the fact that he can throw on the run well. He's got some nice poise to him. A decent, not great arm. He's very reminiscent of Jimmy G, a guy that Scangarello worked closely with. If we could get him in day early day three, fourth or fifth round, that's where I'd go with that developmental quarterback pick. Okay, so we're we're kind of on the same page that early day three would be when, yeah, it yeah. would be smartest for them to look absolutely. And obviously, like I will say, like the second wave of free agency hasn't taken place yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you know, if there are wide receivers or a safety or another corner, something like that, that that can help them, right? Um, Better yet, that they're that they're able to get on the cheap. You know that that could also have an impact on what on on what they do on draft because right now they have more needs than they do premium picks. Yep. 
Yep, they sure and do. And that means you're gonna have to make you're gonna have to make hard choices and you're gonna have to be comfortable with some positions that you're projecting, you know, or which is a nice way of saying you're hoping, you're dreaming, you're praying. Yeah. That things just magically get better on their own. A hundred percent. And I mean every team has holes remaining on the roster coming into the season. I've used the example of the Patriots who lost Nate Solder and had no wideouts. And, you know, they had plenty of holes last year that they're kind of missing an elite edge rusher. And you have questions. I mean, they about always their have D-line. holes, though, and it just doesn't matter. 100%. They're, they're unique in the NFL. But every team is like that. You know, they have holes. It's it, are you able to kind of cover up those holes with other areas of strength and with your scheme? And that's that's the hope here. You know, is that with more zone defense, the the secondary won't be exploited as much, and with an improved pass rush, that the the secondary won't be exploited as much, and you know the the run game and improved O line will be able to to lessen the risks. You know the the passing game issues and the fact that Flacco might not be the most consistent, but he can make two three big plays a game and that kind of makes up the difference. Uh, So I I think that's the strategy and that's the strategy every team is working with, you know, under a cap salary, it's never easy to plug every single hole. Uh, You, you just got, sometimes you got to cover up some holes with the strengths in other areas and the Broncos will definitely have to do that. Uh, Okay, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Any uh, any final thoughts for right now on 10? No, I think that gives you like a, between the end of segment one and all of segment two, that gives you like a solid 20 to 25 minutes on our thoughts on what, what the Broncos should do in the first four rounds or so. So yeah, there you go. Chew on that and uh, we'll talk about it more more here soon. There you have it. This is the uh, BSM Broncos Draft Podcast presented by Elixinol. We will be back uh, on the other side to answer some questions. When it comes to insurance, sometimes you never really realize how important it can be until you actually need it. Well, here at BSN Denver, we recommend Farmers Agent Bryce Babcock to all of our listeners as one of the most trusted and reliable agents in the metro area. If I was a customer looking for a new agency, I would recommend Bryce because his agency hands down is the fastest people I've ever dealt with to get information back to you. That was David. He's been a client of Bryce's for over three years now. I used to have my homeowner's insurance with another farmer's agency that never really followed up, never followed up on the price. My price was actually dropped by almost 20 to 30 percent switching over to Bryce, even with the same company. And like I said, his follow-up is awesome. He guarantees you at least a a one-time-a-year follow-up that he will sit back and review your file with you. Like David mentioned, Bryce guarantees that type of communication because he understands how important it is to be relatable and accessible. He's a great person to not only be your agent, but he's a great person to be your friend as well. If you're interested in making the switch to Bryce Babcock for your life, home, business, or auto insurance, be sure to call 303-996-6509 and mention BSN. Welcome back in for the third and final segment here of the BSM Broncos Draft Podcast this week. 
I made you hate Fleas, Andre Simone. You guys already know that, though. Yep, it's true. And our third segment here, as promised, we are going to get into questions from you guys. Oh, yeah. So, I guess let's just do it. Yeah, let's. We don't 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 need any kind of fancy run up. Let's just ask them. Uh, first question from Kingish two one four. As they start to look into the prospects in this draft, I can't stop watching Drew Tranquil and Trey Watson. What are your thoughts on these prospects in general, and specifically their fit with the Broncos? Yeah, Trey Watson's an interesting name. Um, grad transfer from Illinois, came to Maryland this year, coming off a great season. Um, five interceptions. That's something to, to take note of for Broncos fans looking for a cover linebacker. Um, you know, listed in the, in the 230s, so he's kind of got that undersized frame that we'll be looking at. Um, so he's coming off a strong season. It's a shame he was a combine snub. He's a guy I want to look into more. They've got that that safety at Maryland, Savage, too, who's uh, pretty good as well. Um, well, Drew Tranquil is one of my absolute favorite linebackers in this class. Yeah. Converted safety um, from Notre Dame. Coming off a really nice season. I mean, this guy pops on tape. Um, for a long time, I thought Tevon Cooney was the, the better linebacker uh, at Notre Dame. Now I'm all aboard the Drew Tranquil, um, you know, hype train. Uh, he showed out at the Combine very well, too. He'd just be an ideal fit. And, you know, if you don't get that linebacker at 10, there are a lot of these mobile linebackers that you can find good value with, even as late as the third or early fourth round. So uh, Drew Tranquil, though, is a big-time name for me. I really like him. And look, in a pinch, I wouldn't be surprised if they converted him back to safety and he could be a, a strong, strong safety. Problem is, we're not looking for more strong safeties or guys who can play well closer to the line of scrimmage. We're looking more for rangy cover guys. So that'd be the only thing. But yeah, those are two great names to to uh, point out from from Kingish214. Yeah, I do like... Uh... I do like Trey Watson quite a bit. I like I like the smarts, the instincts. Uh, he's a guy that looks very he looks very comfortable in the middle of the field, and yeah. he diagnoses and reads plays very quickly, mm-hmm. and he attacks downhill. Right. And I like I like that. There's not there's not any hesitation. It's mm-hmm. not a guy that has any kind of second guessing in his game. He right. reads the play and he gets to the spot and he gets there pretty quickly. So. Uh, I I like him. I don't I don't know where his range is right now. I don't imagine yeah. it's very high. Yeah. Um, but he's as a developmental guy uh, that you could bring in and just let him uh, let him prove it to you. I I like him. He'd be a later guy. I am I I would expect for right now anyway. Right. But I do like him. Uh, he looks he's very he he looks very comfortable in the middle of the field, and I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, some great insights right there. And, you know, it's just a nice linebacker class. You go even further down with a local kid. We've, uh, you know, talked up on and off at least through the through the years. Drew Lewis, who I saw mm-hmm. not too long ago at Colorado's Pro Day. He's uh, He's got some skills too, and 
great kind of modern cover linebacker, ran a 4-5 flat. Uh, some people even clocked him in at, in the 4-4s. Four uh, and anyone who's watched CU the last couple of years know how knows how good this guy is, how tough he is, uh, how good his instincts are. So uh, Vic Fangio said they, they need to add two, three, or a couple more guys to that position between free agency or the early portion of the draft, and then you find another guy late, you're going to find two guys for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next question. Let's do From it. Karch. Mm-hmm. He, uh, we have our, we have our weekly Andy Isabella question. So Karch has us covered. So first off, I have to right. thank you for all the amazing work you do. Your coverage and insight is really at another level. Dre, that is most definitely to you because you're the man. Uh, on to my question. When I watch Andy Isabella play, I can't help but be reminded of Brandon Stokely. The The way Isabella runs looks very similar to Stokely. Obviously, Isabella is a bit faster, but the form looks identical to me. It's uncanny. I always felt Stokely was a solid receiver as well, so I think that'd be a relatively favorable comp for him. When do you think you would have to draft Isabella to, to get him? Uh, when is it too early, and how do you see him fitting in with the Broncos system outside our slot? What's his value as a returner? I'd love to have an electric return game again with someone we can count on. Much love, Karch. Interesting comp. Um, as Karch pointed out, you know, uh, Isabella is the faster guy of the two. Stokely, as he got later on in his career, uh, the more refined route runner and probably better hands. Uh, though I must admit, I never studied Stokely in college, and that's that's how I like to do comps is based off how a guy how guys were, you know, apples to apples, how they were coming into the NFL, rather than comparing a, a seasoned pro with a, a college kid. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting comp. It's it's kind of low hanging fruit, but I think it fits. Um, I think that Isabella definitely is best suited in the slot rather than outside though. You know, once in a while with Flacco's big arm, you could flex them out wide and, and, you know, stretch the field that way though. Uh, we've got another question about stretching the seam with more, with more speed in the slot and Isabella would fit that to a T uh, more than his speed though. What you really like is his quickness. The fact that he can set, DBs up and get open with ease uh, and even has some yak ability, which, you know, guys that size, you don't always think of them as, as weapons after the catch, but Isabella certainly is as he proved in that mesmerizing touchdown that he had in the senior bowl game. Um, I think you're going to have to snatch him up in the third. I think he might Mm -hmm. be a bit, just a teensy weensy bit of a reach in the early third where the Broncos are drafting. But I, I don't think playoff teams like the Patriots or chiefs or chargers say uh, the Browns, the now favored to win the Super Bowl, Browns teams like that. I don't think we'll let them get past round three. So if you really want them, you got to snatch them up at 71 is my opinion. And you'll probably have better options as far as speedy wide receivers go to that point. So kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place as far as Isabella goes for the Broncos. I think ideally you trade down, see what's left. And if Isabella's staring you in the face, you pull the trigger. 
But early third, eh, too rich for me. Yeah, you'd have to really love him at that point. A hundred percent, yeah. And I mean, also, what's the value of a, a, a pure slot receiver? It's not the greatest value. Right. Um, you can kind of find those guys in the lower rounds and what have you. Uh, final question, I guess I didn't answer. As a returner, I think he could be a dynamic returner, um, and that's a very intriguing part of his game, for sure. Uh, okay. I don't have anything to add, so we'll just move on. Yeah, we're, we're fans of Isabella on this show, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'd say we we're talked about him Isabella. for a while. Yeah, definitely. We talked about him for a while, so. Uh, okay, next question from Elway's My Dog. Nice. He says, hello there, guys. New subscriber here. I tried to wait till the last minute to be MVP. As a Broncos fan from Kansas with a family full of Chiefs fans, I'm glad to have found an amazing Broncos podcast where I can hear all kinds of ideas. To clarify the name, I have a dog I named after the legend Elway. Now to the question. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, how does how does the idea sound of taking of the Broncos taking Devin White with tenth overall, grabbing the best available offensive lineman at the top of the second, going after a QB backup or project to learn from Flacco, and going after Andy Isabella in the fourth? Well, while it, while in free agency, we attack the quarterback position and a safety as well, as this free agency pool is full of talent. I like Teron, Orkland, and Collins. They could be too pricey for our pockets. Depending on what corner or corners we sign, I'm also curious how much money we freed up shipping Keenum to Washington and what Elway has planned for that cap space. Obviously, we've got some answers to some of those questions. And uh, this is, I would say this is pretty on the nose for what we've talked about for our show overall today. Yeah, I mean, segments one and two would definitely be all over uh, the draft strategy you just laid out for us. yeah, I mean that would be that would be a home run though. I think, you know, he was talking about round 2. Obviously this this was written to us right before free agency started. Yeah. Um you know, so he didn't know about the Juwan James signing. Uh yeah, best offensive alignment at the top of the second or best available defensive uh lineman. I think either way you couldn't go wrong. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've talked about that strategy uh Everyone knows, you know, with with Keenum, they 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 saved a significant chunk of change. You're only paying three and a half million essentially for him after having got rid of him. Uh, yeah, those safeties were gone, but that's okay. They're gonna stick with the young safeties. See what else can happen uh, in the next few days at safety and free agency. And you added a guy in uh, Kareem Jackson who's got that versatility to play either position. So there you go. Um, that was a short and sweet one just because we are completely in agreement. So no, no knock on the question. Just, uh, yeah, we're with you always, always my dog. Yep. Uh, next question, uh, from Sun 14, Thomas 87, who, uh, always hits us up with questions. He's, he's our dog. And, yeah. uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. In, in the slang sense, no, uh, no knock on him. Yeah. Not saying he's our pet. Right, right, definitely. Uh, so there's a TLDR version at the bottom of this that I'm just going to, we're just going to read that. There you go. 
uh, he refers to uh, something that Andre said last weekend. He says he's not a Huskies fan. He's a Penn Quakers fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then will Denver use a vertical slot with Joe Flacco under Scangarello? If so, is that guy on the roster or will the need to be met through the free agency or the draft? Further, uh, who remaining in free agency would fit that profile or who could you see Denver targeting in the draft for that role? So we kind of touched on this a little bit last segment, but definitely uh, a question mark still with the slot receiver in the offense. Yeah, 100%. And with Flacco, you do want a faster slot to stretch that seam. Uh, whether that's um, Andy Isabella, Terry McLaurin could play in that spot, a personal favorite, as you guys know. I don't think Paris Campbell really fits that mold, right? Like, Demarcus Lodge, though, could. Um, Alex Wesley out of Northern Colorado, he did that on tape. Uh, you know, this is a guy who burned guys like Isaiah Oliver and Evan Worthington who are either already in the NFL or NFL hopefuls and was moved around outside or inside as they hunted matchups at Northern Colorado. TJ Ramming out of Duke is a guy that no one talks about, but I'm very intrigued with. He really stands out to me when watching Daniel Jones tape, Penny Hart, of course, of Georgia State. Uh, Those kind of guys would fit. And you could also look at tight ends who are bigger slots, like Caleb Wilson, who ran a 4-5, more of a receiving tight end, but he can stretch the seam for you for sure. Uh, I'm not sure they already have that guy on the roster. Emmanuel Sanders could do that. He could bring that speed in the slot and stretch the seam. We got to see how healthy he is. And I don't, I still don't think it's a complete lock. He'll be on the roster next year. Deshaun Hamilton to some extent could do that. Um, he, he's quicker rather than fast. Does a good job, you know, nice hands, like tracking the ball, catching balls over his head. He does stuff like that. Sutton's had experience playing the slot, but doesn't have the speed. Tim Patrick has the speed, but I think he's best suited outside. So it's kind of some odd mixes. I think whether free agency, the you know, that window's closing because a lot of wide receivers have already gone and probably got overpaid. Um and, you know, let's see, maybe tight end. I mean, Jared Cook could kind of be that guy to some extent. Um, and he's still available. Of course, he might not be by the time you're hearing this. But So, yeah, I really think to find that guy to stretch the field, you'd want to find someone in the draft. Uh, that's definitely something that Flacco is familiar with um, and something, you know, they've done in the past when he was under Gary Kubiak's offense, which is essentially Scangarello's offense, which is Shanahan's office and so on and so forth. Um, he also, in his not abbreviated version asked like what kind of deep play deep, uh, threats has Flacco had in the past. And, you know, it goes from John Brown to Torrey Smith. To Steve Smith wasn't like a pure speed guy, but he was a big time weapon and a guy who could stretch the field for Flacco. Um, I won't even mention uh, the guy on the receiving end of the Mile High Miracle, but you know who he is. He'd be another guy who fits in that category. Uh, yep. yep. We're not dwelling on that. We're moving on right past it. Um, the fact that you're not a Huskies fan, but you're a, a product of the Ivy League would explain your intelligent insights on analytics, and I commend you for that. 
Okay, I think that's the entire question. I don't know that I missed anything, so. Booyah. I don't think so. I don't think you. so. Thank you, Sutton fourteen, Thomas eighty seven. Always appreciate it. Absolutely. Do love when we get the regular questions. Um, last question of the day. Oh yeah. Ready? I am. This is, is going to be our nerdiest question of the day, which I say with all love because I am a huge nerd. So, from uh, Jacob thirteen. Mm-hmm. I know draft aid trades are not easy, but flatter me with considering the scenario. The Broncos trade their first round pick, which has a 1300 point value on the Jimmy Johnson trade chart to the Raiders for picks 24 and 28, which is uh 1420 points uh, point value. Then trade our second and third round picks, which are worth 725 to Indy for their first round pick at 26, which is worth 700. So with three picks in the top 28 instead of three picks in the top 71, who would you envision the Broncos drafting at 24, 26, and 28? This is a good one. Strong work um, from Jacob. Not not Jacob 13. That was a, that was a mix-up. He, he, he did ask the question 13 hours ago, so that's why. Oh, okay. So anyways. Oh, I see. Um, My bad. Yeah, hey, it happens to the best of us. Interesting scenario here. Now, of course, the Raiders would have to be trading up for something. So maybe in this scenario, they don't go quarterback at four. They go, say, Rashawn Gary or Quinn and Williams or Josh Allen drops to them. And then a Drew Locke is still available at 10, staring them in the face. And they do that. And at that point, you know, I, I use all the leverage I can and I try to add even more uh, than the two first rounders, just my two cents. And the the Colts, you need to remember, they had so many second-rounders last year. Do they need to add more draft capital? I guess it all depends on who's staring in them in the face. So that's just two factors to consider when considering this. But I don't think Jay Cup is necessarily talking specifically of those teams. It's just the Raiders have two first-rounders, and the uh, the trade value for pick... 28 for the Colts matched up, or 26 for the Colts matched up perfectly as the proper value for our second and third rounder. So, uh, if they if that scenario unfolded, who would we be looking at? <sighs> I think it starts yeah. with the look at this point, you might be looking at one of those top three cornerbacks, right? Greedy, Byron Murphy, or Baker, any of yep. them is still around. Love the pick. I think the Devons are long gone, but Mac Wilson would be there. Look, Mac Wilson didn't play the best at the end of the year, but his cover skills are as good as anyone's in this draft. And you put him in Fangio's hands, he could be developed nicely. The same goes for teammate Deontay Thompson. So it, starts with the, it starts with the defensive back seven as far as who you look at. And then you have to consider the guys in the trenches. Um Without a doubt, Garrett Bradbury is one of my three guys. We lost Paradise. Yep. He's the most perfect zone zone blocking. Um, a plug-and-play starter. Plug-and-play starter, high-end starter, if you ask me, at least in his first three years. <coughs> oh, excuse me. And then you're looking at D-line. Who's dropped? Is Jerry Tillery still around? Is Christian Wilkins still around? 
Is Draymond Jones still around? <clears throat> Those are the guys that you start to consider in this scenario as well. So I don't know. I guess my... And then I want to hear yours. The realistic options that would still be around at this point, I'm going Bradbury, Byron Murphy, Jerry Tillery. Okay. Um, I would go with uh, – I. The, it's going to be pretty similar. I would also go with Bradbury. Uh-huh. Uh, I would go with whichever – corner was still there um if it's all three of them i would go with greedy yep um but i i I would go greedy baker and then murphy okay i think murphy's just such a great fit in this system but i i I think the it's you're splitting hairs with those three they're so bunched up together with greedy a little better than the other two but then you know if you say Murphy or Baker, I'm I'm fine with either. I think Murphy's 23rd on my board. Baker's 24th. So yeah, and I I just love um, I just love Baker. I I just think he's a football player. You know, I 100%. I just think that that guy is more than anything else. Like you break down, you can you can get into the, the 40 times and all that, but you just watch him play, man. And the guy is just. He's a hell of a he's a hell of a player, and I think he would help out. But yeah, like you're you're talking splitting hairs. Like if if they ended up going Murphy over Baker, I'm not going to pound the table or anything. Yeah, no, I mean we're fine with any of them. Yeah, yeah, and I then uh, I would probably go Jeffrey Simmons. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. I mean he's a big time consideration right there. It would be it's, tough. It's a red shirt, but yeah. I think the. The upside between him and a guy like Tillery is significant enough that I'd take it. It's kind of like the Nuggets going with Michael Porter Jr. Worth it. A hundred percent. Boy, from our very selfish media perspective, I would love it from a draft perspective, but that would be a killer for pick stretch where it's like one pick after the other for the Broncos. And then we'd be so bored on day two with no picks. Yeah. It'd be such a bummer. Ugh. Yeah, it would suck, honestly. Yeah. But I I mean, I love this scenario. That's a really great question. I uh I, as an as an alternate, I would also consider uh a wide receiver there. Hundred percent. Um who would you be looking at? Like a Debo? Is it too soon for a Debo at that point? I think um, tight end would also be in the mix, frankly. I would. I not for me. I, um, I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would. I would be looking at Marquise Brown. I know if Marquise dropped, that's definitely a pick right there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's funny because as much as I think. Uh, Bradbury is a perfect plug and play guy. He also might be the first guy that I cut from that list. If it if it came down to it, if I if I could only, you know, if I if I had like if Marquise Brown is there, I would take Marquise Brown over Bradbury and just hope that Bradbury got to one of the other two picks. Oh yeah, totally. So I think Bradbury's the guy I cringe my teeth and wait for hoping he'll uh you know, yeah. he'll be around at 28. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, and I, I love Bradbury. It's just like he's a center. I feel like right. I can find other centers. Well, and, and if all else, like if push comes to shove, like I don't personally think Connor McGovern is like a huge scrubbo either. Nope, totally. And I think center in some ways is his better position. So I'm okay with it. I'm okay with foregoing Bradbury, though. I, I wouldn't love it. But yeah, if you could get Marquise Brown in this scenario instead and do like Marquise Brown, let's say Greedy's gone, because um, I think, you know, he still was the best cornerback in college football and ran a four three seven with great length. Like right. the NFL isn't that stupid. They're not just gonna let him fall and fall and fall. Um, so let's say you know it's Marquise Brown. Your pick between Murphy or Baker. I truly I, I couldn't care less at that point. And you know Bradbury or one of the the right tackles who could be moved inside like a Risner or a Ford or a Jawan James. I'm, I'm cool with that scenario as well. I'm cool with Mac Wilson being the pick instead of the O-line pick, uh, you know, and, and D line isn't in that mix. There's, there's a, I'm cool with Deontay Thompson as one of those picks. Like there's, it gives you a lot of options. That's really kind of the strength of the draft. Right. And that's why we talk about, on day two, just sit pretty, let let the board fall to you, and take the guy that dropped to 41, because inevitably someone will have dropped to 41 who should have gone earlier, and you snatch him up. Easy breezy. Colin Sutton style. Yep. All right. I think we're all set for this week. Yep. Same, same brother. Let uh let us get to the paying some bills then. Do your thing. As BSN listeners, we already know that you guys uh you guys are big fans of what we do. And so we're trying to uh branch that out and we're pretty excited that we've got some game-changing coffee to share with you guys. Now, we do this every week, so this is obviously not a huge surprise to you. But Strava Craft is the CBD enriched coffee that's actually changed some lives. The reviews are incredible. You have to check them out if you haven't already. If you have, vouch for it. The CBD infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today. Receive 20% off when you use promo code BSN2019. At checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Andre, let's get out of here for this week, buddy. Let's do it. For Andre Simone, I am AJ Hayfley. This has been the BSM Broncos Draft Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week.